Good morning. Good morning. Like though it was not a good morning. Amen. It's good to be here this morning. We praise God for God. He is worthy to be praised uh, to Dr. Atterbury and to uh, President Holmes, who is absent today, and to uh, other faculty and staff and students. I'm glad to be here. Uh, someone said that they were glad to be anywhere, but there's some places I wouldn't want to be this morning. But I'm glad to be here in chapel at, at BMA. Uh, <clears throat> I want to thank God for my wife being here today. You just hold your hand up. Thank God for her uh, coming to give me support today. And uh, I want you to know I brought one amen with me. So, <laughs> But anyway, we just thank God for her uh, taking out of her business schedule. She's retired, so she can do this. You know, so. <laughs> but anyway, we're grateful that she's here. Well, I want to just... Uh, First of all, uh, share a uh, number, It Is Well With My Soul, uh, before I, I do uh, the message today, uh, which will be dealing with the uh, uh, New Hampshire Confession of Faith, uh, the article on the uh, harmony of the law and the gospel. And I need your prayers as I share that uh, with you this morning. This little song says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Oh Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sighed. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend, even so it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. Eternal God, our Father, I come now to thank you for this blessed privilege that I have today of sharing your word. And I pray that you would guide me and direct me and use me to your glory and honor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> The Article 12 of the New Hampshire Baptist Confession of Faith, uh, Article 12 is of the harmony of the law and the gospel. And it says, we believe that the law of God is the eternal and unchangeable rule of his moral government, that it is holy, just, and good. 
and that the inability which the scriptures ascribe to fallen men to fulfill its precepts arise entirely from their love of sin. To deliver them from which and to restore them through a mediator of unfeigned obedience to the holy law is one great end of the gospel and of the means of grace connected with the establishment of the visible church. When we think about the law and the gospel, uh, we think about two things that are different because the law and gospel are certainly different. But in God's word, we see that the law and the gospel operate in harmony. Different, but they are in harmony. And one of the things you have to realize about the law is the fact that you have to realize what the law is designed for or was designed for. I'll give you an illustration. On the 6th of February of this year, I was invited to Chandler, Texas, and I was to appear uh, at a luncheon uh, where the keynote speaker at that luncheon was Dr. Fred Luter, uh, who, as most of you know, is the uh, president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And my wife went along with me, as usual, when I travel, and we arrived on time, and I decided I would go into the bathroom and just check myself out and make sure everything was all right. And when I looked in the mirror, I noticed a big spot of blood on my white shirt cop. Needless to say, I was really, you know, I said, oh my goodness, how can I go in there and, and appear on this program with this blood on my cop? I mean, it was, it was a spot of blood about the size of a nickel. And I almost panicked. I went back outside and my wife was there waiting for me. I said, she said, what's wrong? I told her, I said, look at this spot. And she said, she said, well, I'll tell you what you do. She said, go back, take your, your handkerchief and go in there and put some soap on it and, and rub it on there and then put some water on it and rub it. And so I went back in there. And as before I did that, I just looked at the mirror. And I looked at that spot. But the mirror couldn't do anything about the spot. The, the, the mirror let me know that I had a spot on my collar that I needed to do something about. But the mirror couldn't do anything for me. I had to go get some help. And when I did what my wife said, and I rubbed it on there, and then I ran some water on it, and I rubbed it on and finally that stain came out where that you could barely see it, and I was able to go out, and I was on program and didn't have a big spot of blood on my collar. Well, that's the way the law is. The law can give us a knowledge of sin, but it cannot erase that sin. The purpose of the law is to make man conscious of sin. Romans 3 and 20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. It's also like the speed signs on the highway. 
Now, most of you probably notice the speed signs that says 70 and you drive 80. <laughs> says 50 and you drive 60 or 65. Now, the speed limit sign cannot make you obey it. Because people violate it all the time. And I, I, I do myself, I have to confess that every now and then I do drive be faster than the speed limit. The speed sign can only let you know or make you knowledgeable of what the speed limit is. The law cannot keep the lead out of your foot or keep you from putting the pedal to the metal. So that's the way the law is. And so the first part of this article says, we believe that the law of God is the eternal an unexchangeable, unchangeable rule of his moral government. Romans 3 and 31 says, do we then make void the law through faith? Does this verse suggest that the law given to Israel uh, through Moses is irrelevant? Paul says, God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. In the Holman New Testament commentary on Romans, it says that through the law, God opens man's eyes so that he sees his helplessness and by faith takes refuge to his mercy and so is healed. See, we can't do, any, we can't do anything without the law. It says the law was given in order that we might seek after grace. Now, aren't you glad about God's grace? Amen. We wouldn't be here this morning if, we, if it had not been for God's grace. Grace is his, his unmerited favor. We didn't deserve it. But thank God for his grace. Grace was given in order that we might fulfill the law. It was not the fault of the law that it was not fulfilled. But the fault was man's carnal mind. The law must make manifest the guilt in order that we may be healed by divine grace. God's word plainly teaches us that the law has its place. Matthew 5 and 17 says, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill Christ was saying that he is the fulfillment of the law. Verse 19, 18 of Matthew 5 says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot, which is the smallest Hebrew letter, which is a meager stroke uh, of the pen, like an accent mark, or one tittle, which is a tiny extension on a Hebrew letter, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. The law of God is the eternal and unchangeable rule of God's moral government. The second part of the article says the law is holy, it is just, and it is good. The law was given by a holy God, and thus it is holy. Romans 7 and 12 says, Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, 
and good. Robert H. Mouse in his commentary on Romans says, Romans 7, 12 is the definitive answer to the question raised in Romans 7, 7, which says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? No, the law is holy. The commandment is holy, righteous, and it is good. The law is like an MRI. How many of you have had an MRI? Well, MRI is a very good thing, isn't it? Because it can tell us about our bodies. It can it look on the inside of us. I remember in 19, in 2008 rather, I had an MRI because I was having back problems and the MRI revealed that I had a, a degenerative disc between L4 and L5. The MRI uh, enabled the neurosurgeon to see exactly what was going on and he was able to perform the surgery which has helped me tremendously. Now, the MRI could only reveal what was wrong. The MRI machine could not perform the surgery, could not correct the problem that I had. And that's the way the law is. The law can expose or diagnose or let us know what's wrong with us, but it cannot do anything to help us. Galatians 3 and 23 says, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterward be revealed. Galatians 3 and 24 says, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now, the third part of the article says that the inability which the scriptures ascribe to fallen men to fulfill its precepts arise entirely from their love of sin. You know, sin is a terrible thing. And, and the Bible says that, that man loves darkness because his, uh, his deeds are evil. Romans 8 and 7 says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The NIV says the sinful mind is hostile. We just read that to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Man's old nature will not and cannot submit to God. Romans 8 and 8 says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And I need to tell us today that in our flesh, we cannot please God. Then the last and final part of the declaration says, to deliver them from which and to restore them through a mediator to unfeigned, genuine, sincere obedience to the holy law is one great end of the gospel and of the means of grace connected with the establishment of the visible church. Thank God for the gospel. I need to say here today that the law is not is is uh, is conforms or is in harmony with the gospel because the law has done its part. The law lets us see how we look but now we can't do anything about it 
It took the it takes the gospel. The disposition of the law is expressed in John 1, 16 and 17. And it says, and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And then Acts 13, 38 and 39 says, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. And the scripture that like Atterbury read in, verse, in Romans chapter 1, chapter 8, verses 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse 2 says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son. In the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Romans 1 and 16 talks about the gospel. And Paul says in that passage, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why, Paul? For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He says it is the power, the Greek word dunamis, from which we get our English word dynamite. Well, I need to say here today that dynamite could change the, the whole atmosphere in here. Dynamite can level buildings. Dynamite can level hills. Dynamite can demolish cars. You know, and, and we may be sitting right where we are today, but if you would throw a stick of dynamite in here, amen, I tell you, everybody, some would go over the pew, under the pew, and everywhere. Because dynamite has that kind of effect. Well, that's the way the gospel is. The gospel will change a person's life. Gospel will change your life. Gospel will change your thinking. Gospel will change the way you live. It'll change the way you treat people. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel because it was the power of God unto salvation and it revealed a righteousness from God. The late Dwight L. Moody said that the gospel is like a lion. All the preacher has to do is to open the door of the cage and get out of the way. I need to tell us here this morning that the gospel has power. The, the, the law exposed our sinful nature, but it took the gospel to save us. And all we have to do and we preach the gospel is to just get out of the way, amen, and let the gospel do what it's supposed to do. That's what I do on Sunday morning, amen. I just open the cage and I let the gospel out. And gospel changes the lives of people. Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. What is the gospel? You and Gilead, it is the good news about Jesus Christ. Anybody here heard any good news today? 
You looked at the television, you probably didn't get very much good news. You probably got some bad news. But if you look at the gospel, it is always good news. It is new good news because it tells us about Jesus who came into a sin-cursed world, took upon himself the form of a servant, and became obedient even unto death, death of the cross, and died for your sins and mine. But thank God that he didn't stay dead. He was buried, but on the third day morning, the Bible declares that he rose with power in his hand. And it is because of this gospel that I stand here today. It is because of this gospel that I'm saved today. It is because of that gospel that I can preach today. It is because of that gospel that you are here today. Thank God for the law and the gospel. They work in harmony, don't they? Well, let's go back to that illustration that I gave when I first started. Talking about the spot of blood on my shirt. You know, I, I was looking in the mirror. I needed to look in the mirror whether I could see the spot, you know, whether I could make sure I could get it. Amen. It was working in harmony. The mirror was working in harmony with my hand because I had my handkerchief in my hand and I was looking in the mirror and wiping the stain off. That's the way the gospel and the, and the, and the law works. They work together. They're in harmony. They are, not, they are not at odds with each other. Thank God for the Law and the gospel. Amen. Give God a hand clap. Amen.